0: If you believe, then just throw on a pair of your comfiest, coziest headphones and get ready to enjoy another episode of RSL Season Pass, brought to you by your fearless hosts, Alex, Ethan, and Cody, as they bring you up to speed on all the latest news and rumors about Rayal Salt Lake. Hello, everybody, and welcome to RSL Season Pass. I am Ethan Kershaw, and I am joined today by Alex Maurer and Cody Kershaw to bring you all things Real Salt Lake. For the last week and a half, two weeks, we've been gone for a little bit of time. We're back recording this episode on a Monday night, and we've got a fun episode to dive on into. We've got our Monarchs Minute. Um, We've got a lot of club news to dive into, and then the season's back. So we've got uh, two game reviews to do. Uh, Unfortunately, we neglected to preview the St. Louis game on our previous episode because we were so excited for the Miami game. Um, However, I did tweet out our predictions and our ones to watch for that one. We're going to be reviewing those games. And then finally, we will look ahead and preview the LAFC game this weekend, home opener for the season for RSL. We are pumped and excited and ready to go before we dive on into it, though. Cody, how are you doing?
1: I am doing very well today. Thank you for asking. I had a full day of work today, and that went by very well. I have a presentation on Wednesday that I feel I am adequately prepared for at this point, so that is good for me. Um, I enjoyed this weekend of soccer and the previous week of soccer and being able to get back into the swing of the season. That was a lot of fun. Um, Overall, things are going great. I'm going to be having a child in the next few weeks, which is wild to me still. Um, But yeah, life is just keeping on keeping on right now. I will ask Alex, how are you doing? Uh,
2: Thank you so much for the baton. I really appreciate that. I am coming directly from Skyline High School soccer tryouts. I am an assistant coach for the year. I'm probably going to be helping out with the freshman sophomore team. So if you're listening to this and you or your son plays for Skyline soccer, hit me up to say hello, not to give me any bribes or anything like that. I would never advocate for such behavior. I'm very excited to be helping out there and kind of transitioning into high school soccer as my CFC boys age into high school, which terrifies me and makes me very, very sad. But that was my coping mechanism was to go see which high schools needed an assistant soccer coach. And so here I am. Ethan, you've had the most eventful week of all of us. How was Miami, my friend?
0: It was amazing. Um, Before I went to Miami, I actually went to St. George, did the Parade of Homes, which, uh, it was my first time doing the Parade of Homes, so I didn't know what to expect, but saw some, like, six, seven million dollar mansions, just some massive houses in St. George, uh, pretty crazy, like, I went outside, and there was, uh, this one house that had a pool that had, I it, think its worth it was, like, 1.5 million dollars, just the pool itself, it was an absolute water park with, like, fire on top of the rocks, and, like, a big cave and stuff, and its own, like, lazy river, it was, it was pretty wild, um, but, that actually wasn't the best part of the week. best part of the week was Miami um, and getting to watch Messi play. And uh, the team bus got there. We were able to go down and, and shoot some video of the players getting off the team buses, which was pretty cool. Um, the game didn't really go in RSL's favor, but it was still an enjoyable time to at least be out there. And I just enjoyed the game in person in Miami. So uh, Miami was awesome. Really excited to, uh, to talk about that game and much more on the episode before we do all of that though be sure to follow rsl season pass at rsl season pass on twitter you can also find our episodes at www.rslseasonpass.com leave a question in the pod trivia database while you're over there alex got one from the pod trivia database ready to throw it on the episode we're excited to hear it so keep sending them our way um, also thank you to everybody who has left a rating and or review for the podcast we very much appreciate the help and support um, and you just listening so thank you very much um, let's go ahead and jump on into the episode today, Alex. Speaking of that pod trivia question, go ahead and let us know what we're dealing with today.
2: Good luck, boys. This is a good one. Uh, this comes from Scott and Whaley uh, at Spiff Coog on Twitter. Thank you for sending this in to the pod trivia database. And boys, I hope you are buckled up. In the last ten seasons, so dating back to 2014. Only three RSL players whose last name ends in S have notched an assist for the club. Matt Crooks is the third, and all-time assist leader Javier Morales is first. Can you name the second? So of the three players whose last name ends in S, in the last 10 years, they've had an assist for RSL. Javi has the most, this player has the second most, and Matt Crooks has the third most with one. Walk me through your thought process. Where are you? What players are running
0: around in your head? Uh, Um, None. Is that an answer? (laughs) None players. (laughs) None
2: players is an answer.
0: I'm going to say Andy Williams.
2: Okay. Okay. Respectable answer.
1: Cody? Uh, I'm going to say Nick Ramondos. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> i i nick i Ramondos. i wish i had a good answer for this I, I wish i i could think of a name that comes to mind that would say oh yeah it would make sense that uh, you know this name ends in s and they would have a lot of assists so i maybe andy williams like i think maybe that's a, a shout for it but i, I honestly have no idea
2: so again this is only dating back to 2014 by this juncture Andy Williams had retired for Dang Real Salt Lake you any second guesses at all from either of you two this is great radio. I'll give you three <laughs> seconds two seconds
1: all right Well, one second I don't I don't have any other guess I'm just gonna throw Clinton he Masters was a defender board here. He played a again, defender. retired Nat well Borchers. Nat Borchers, it's
2: close but no cigar. It is Demar Phillips. <laughs> Demar Phillips. It is Demar Phillips, and I have a follow-up question for you. You need to sort these players whose names end in S from most assists down to fewest assists. We know Hobby's number one, far and away. Answer me this: Who comes next? Your options are Christ Phillips, Borchers, Williams, Mathis, in order of most assists to fewest.
0: You already said Phillips is second, right? Phillips is second, so he's...
2: He was just in the last ten years.
0: Okay, so this is These go beyond last ten years.
1: Well, I'm going to say Clint Mathis. I would say Williams. Next. Cody, you were correct. Williams is second. After Javi. Uh... Next, Ethan
2: becomes you and Clint Mathis. Okay. Then you're left with Christ, Phillips, and
1: Borchers. How would you order them? Chris, then Phillips, then Borchers. Who did you say? christ then phillips then porchers oh, you said christ christ <laughs> phillips
2: porchers is correct well done cody all right there that. is our list of players whose last names Great. end in s thank you so much for sending in that question scotten we appreciate it if you would like to send in more please please
0: do because as the season chugs along i need more help well thank you very that much alex for that pod trivia segment let's go ahead and jump into the monarchs minute alex let us know what is happening with the uh second team in utah Yeah, back-to-back
2: Alex segments here. You're lucky. The biggest Real Monarchs news of the week is the rapid rise of Monarchs midfielder Noel Kaliskan, who has been added to the first-team roster twice now via the short-term call-up mechanism and has played a total of 17 minutes, all of which came in Miami in front of Ethan kershaw Kaliskan comes from the Portland Timbers where he played four games in 2023 and makes his first team debut before even stepping foot on the field for the Real Monarchs. So certainly someone to watch as we enter the Monarchs season. Still two weeks away from the club's 2024 season opener in which they will take on the Portland Timbers too, but we are waiting with bated breath to see our Real Monarchs under their new head coach mark lowry take the field that's all i've got boys and i don't think there's too much there
1: for us to discuss but if you have something please let me know or forever hold your peace just interesting i think that they saw something in him to be able to give him the first team start over having any monarchs minutes first so i i mean that's pretty cool didn't start but he did come in yeah and sorry not start su- but to play minutes which is a lot yeah, more yeah, than we can say for plenty of come mo- other monarchs players I agree with you. I'm surprised he came in against Leo Messi.
0: That is a surprise. I'm glad you mentioned him, Alex. Um, Let's go ahead and move on to the Royal Roundup. Cody, I neglected to mention on the top of the segment or on the top of the episode that we have a Royal roundup. Um, But we do go ahead and let us know what's happening with the women's team.
1: Yes, we do. We are still awaiting our official kickoff on March 16th. However, during that time, we've had some more news. Ali Sentnor has been officially signed by the team. I don't think this comes to us as a surprise to anybody uh, being the first overall pick in the draft. So she has been officially signed as a Royal as well as Brecken Mozingo, who was another draft pick in the draft. She has also been officially signed to the team. Um, during that time as well, Ali Sentner has also made a start for the U-20 national team in a 1-0 win over Colombia. Although she didn't score, she did play that game um, and started. Um, and then we also have, I, I hate that I'm probably going to butcher this last name again, but Ife Onumonu uh, was called up to the Nigerian national team. Uh, This was a game that she played in as well, and they won 1-0 against Cameroon, and they are through to the fourth round of the CAF Women's Olympic qualifiers. So hopefully she will be able to carry Nigeria, and they'll be able to go far in this, and who knows, maybe qualify for the Olympics through that. So that is all we have for the Royal Roundup currently, and we, again, are just waiting for kickoff.
0: Thank you very much, Cody. A little iffy on the pronunciation, but I'll give it to you (laughs) because I don't think I could do much
1: better. Good one, good one.
0: (laughs) Yes. Uh, (laughs) Yes. Would not be an episode for RSL Season Pass without the dad jokes coming from me. But you'll get there soon, Cody, because you're having a child. and You could join the Dad Joke Club soon. Um, (laughs) Club news. The Peak Utah kit has been unveiled and announced. It looks very nice and excited to have a new kit for this year. Kevin Lambert, uh, someone very not smart who drafted Kevin Lambert in our draft, has been loaned to the San Antonio uh, USL team uh delence pierre loaned to the colorado switchbacks another uh, monarchs guy loaned out rsl officially signs matthew bell yes that's matthew bell he was a draft guy a rookie for everybody who's asking me who is matthew bell please stop with the trolling he's been signed to the first team <laughs> who? so who no more it? disrespect you'll soon find out uh, luca moisa and xavier goza have been added to the first team roster chicho arango been named captain for the team deservedly so um, justin glad uh, maybe a little bit surprisingly for some people not named captain chicho gets that uh, that honor kevin bonilla out for the season with a leg injury unfortunately rookie uh, rookie deal for rsl not available for the rest of the season with injury. so get well soon kevin and that's it for the club news guys anything you want to comment on before we move on
2: Yeah, Kevin Bonilla stands out to me not only because we share a birthday, shout out September 20th, but also because I drafted him in my preseason roster. And I feel for the guy because it was a preseason game that, you know, meant nothing. And then we didn't even get the news until after we had played a game and he wasn't on the roster. It just feels like this poor kid's like major break into professional sports. Just, man, sometimes these flames just are a little bit too bright for their own good, and I think this just happens to be the case with Kevin Bonia. So pour one out for K Dog and the team moves on.
1: Yeah, I think good. uh I think my thoughts on some of that news just Luca Moisa and Xavier Gozo being added to the first team is is interesting to me, I guess. I think We've seen instances where this has happened in the past, and I don't know what kind of impact either one of these two is going to have. I would lean more towards thinking Xavier Gozo probably has an impact on the first team a lot more than Luca Moisa. Um, I've seen what Luca Moisa looks like right now. He's only 15. Uh, He's not built super big for for being a 15-year-old, so I, I think if he was to play, he'd probably just get bodied all game. But I think it will still be good experience for him to be participating in those trainings with the team. Um, so I'm interesting that they were able to be added to the team, but I don't know what I don't what they provide right now.
0: Yeah, that's absolutely fair. Um, but excited to see them, young guys, young prospects, get called up to the first team, have a shot, and have a chance.
1: Uh, let's go ahead and move on to the game reviews, shall we, boys? I will say one more thing, too. I think it's interesting that Chicho was named captain. To me, I think that takes a little bit more pressure off Justin Glad and maybe that unlocks his ability to play a little bit more free. I think we've started seeing a little, seeing it just a little bit and I'll talk about that a little bit later, but interesting as well there.
0: Great. Great insight, Cody. Um, let's go ahead and move on to the Miami review. RSL Open the season playing against inter Miami, big game, very hyped up for this one. Um, when the lineups came out, I will say maybe a little bit interesting for the team. Um, obviously Alex Katranis and uh, Matt Crooks unavailable for this game um and so Oviedo is also dealing with an injury coming into this one he starts off on the bench so Andrew Brody shifts over to the left side you get Emeka and Nelly starting at the right back spot and then Brian Ojeda Nelson Palacio and then Pablo Ruiz all starting this game Pablo Ruiz playing in the more uh advanced spot more of a 10 role for him with Luna Gomez out on the wings and then Arango up top Glad and Vera at center back and McMath in goal um So a bit of an interesting lineup with Pablo Ruiz playing a little uh, further up. This game was uh, not too great for RSL. Miami get things started uh, relatively early in the 39th minute, just before halftime. Robert Taylor gets a goal. Nice shot towards Zach McMath, bounces off McMath's hands and into the goal. Robert Taylor puts Inter-Miami up 1-0. Leo Messi with the assist right there as well. And then uh, second half comes around, RSL fighting and clung, trying to get back in this game. Plenty of substitutions made, most notably, Fidel Barajas gets his RSL debut, subbing in in the 66th 66th minute for Nelson Palacio. Um, Anderson Julio also came into this one at that same time. We mentioned Kaliskan coming into this game in the 73rd minute uh, as well. And then a little bit later in the 83rd minute, unfortunately, Luis Suarez, Leo Messi working their magic with the tiki-taka, and Luis Suarez gets the assist to Diego Gomez. Diego Gomez scores the goal, and Inter-Miami goes up 2-0, and unfortunately, that is that is what the score would remain, 2-0, Inter-Miami win this game. Uh, Bodhi Hidalgo came into this game late for Chicho Rongo as well, but unable to do much. Um, there are some glaring things in this game. I would say some of the stats that really jumped out at me in 19 shots, nine on target for Miami in this game, as opposed to only two shots on target the entire game for RSL. They looked very disjointed in the attack and had lots of issues trying to connect any kind of play and getting forward in the attack. Uh, Chicho Arango, really disappointing, had a lot of opportunities, a lot of shots. And those shots were very wayward. We'll say another disappointment is Andres Gomez, a guy who came into the season with some pretty high expectations, just tried to force a lot of things too much, lost the ball, bad passes in really bad situations. And I was pretty disappointed in his game. There are a couple other guys I'll get to in a little bit. But guys, what stuck out for you in this game?
2: I think the lack of sharpness in the attack is the biggest and most glaring issue because we did have opportunities for chances and not to say we had chances, but we had opportunities for chances. We were always one pass away, and I think that comes from playing a formation in which your best defensive midfielder is also apparently your best attacking midfielder. And that's my biggest takeaway from this game and probably my way too early season prediction is that we are not going to be a strong team as long as Pablo Ruiz is a 10. I know he's talked about playing that position more in the youth stages of his career and wanting to play it more in this professional stage. But I don't think it's the best position for him, nor do I think it's the best position for him on this team specifically. I think he is much better when he's further back next to uh, an Ojeda or Palacio or even an Emeka Anelli because I think those long spraying balls are his best attribute, and he doesn't have that opportunity when he only has one guy in front of him rather than if he had four guys in front of him. And so that's my biggest takeaway is that if I were to change anything, I would move Ruiz back into central midfield a little bit further and then put Diego Luna at the 10. He's he's built for it. I think we have such an inability through two games to play him the ball at his feet and to let him get forward and drive at defenders. And that's his best attribute. And he's one of the most. Uh, exciting attacking players on this roster. And so we need to let him do exciting attacking player things. I think he's too isolated out onto the wing. And if you can clean up those things and just be a little bit sharper in and around the box, I think this game, I mean, there were chances to be had. Absolutely. Yeah. Miami was gassed beyond gassed in that second And they gave half. the ball I mean, away so, straight to RSL in their own half. So many Caught, times. And we weren't even pressing with any sort of real consistency. It just happened that they just weren't clean on the ball. Yep. And I think that's going to be the case for Miami the rest of this year and I think 50 times out of 100 Messi's going to uh, bail them out, but he can't do it every single time. So I think this team is going to be I don't think they're going to be very good, honestly. I I think it's hard to say that when they have the best player in the world on their roster and starting for them, but I don't know how good they're going to be. But that's my biggest takeaway is that I think Pablo Ruiz should be shifted back. A little bit i also still am not sold that brian vera is a center back let alone the best center back on this roster to play next to justin glad but i don't know we didn't see the matchup that everybody was waiting for in leo messi versus rsl's best player matthew bell which i'm sure we will see at some point maybe mls cup ethan but beyond that there's no major takeaways for me chicho Orango needs to be better
1: um i i agree with pretty much everything you said, Alex, and I think my biggest takeaway is, is the same thing about Pablo Ruiz. I don't know why we're trying to force him to play higher up the field. It seemed pretty clear to me, and, and this is speaking for the Miami game and the St. Louis game, I think it was pretty clear in both of those games that, him playing higher up the field is not the best place for him on the field. That middle of the field where he sat in a 4-4-2 was so good. It's those, those pinged passes over the top. It's the long ball across the field. It's the ball over the top to Chicho that he excels at. Um, and so I, I, I was left kind of confused seeing him as high up the field as he was. He was oftentimes pressing the defense uh, with the ball or, or pressing the goalie with the ball. And I kept thinking, what? just drop back. Just drop back further. Um, the formation was a little bit of, a, of um, a, a weird thing to me as well. I think if you drop Pablo Ruiz down to where Nelson Palacio was and you have uh, Ruiz and Ojeda next to each other and then you do maybe a Barajas, a Luna, and a Gomez up top or a Crooks, uh, Gomez, and Luna uh, in, that, in that top three, I think that probably works out better. Um, Chicho was very off his game. All five shots were off target. And that sucks because he did have some good opportunities with the ball. He should have finished at least one or two of those opportunities. Um, I think it's worth noting we did have more shots than Miami in this game, but it, it just it didn't equate to goals.
2: I um, have an agenda item that I would like to run by you two. This is this is my own personal agenda, so I get it. And so for me, I'm not as interested in my own opinion as I am in yours. But Zach McMath gives up that first goal on what I think we would all agree is a goalkeeper mistake. At any point in the moments after that goal, did Gavin Beaver's
1: name even come into your mind? Yes, or was it not even a thought? I immediately, I immediately Cody's it did. I he immediately tweeted it, tweeted it out right after. I said, "I said McMath out, Beaver's in," because uh, look at this point. Just give him a shot again. Uh, if McMath is going to make mistakes like that, where I, I, it's pretty clear he, he gave up the lead. Now I get the ball shouldn't be in that position anyways, but but when it is and McMath gets a hand to it and it just goes under his hand, like you've, you've got to do better in that situation. And even if Beavers doesn't, what's the worst that happens? The result's the same either way.
0: So I will, I will say McMath had a good ball for distribution in this game. Um, and also I mean, McMath's going to have to do a lot more than just that one mistake to lose his starting job. Unfortunately, um, as, as Alex Wants he Kevin was
2: beavers. and not that i'm advocating for the guy to lose his job but he played a lot of sweeper keeper in this game too and not at all times successfully and i think that is one thing to keep an eye on because i think they love it because he's done more and more of it over his time at rsl so i have to assume they're encouraging it and i wonder if that's something that beavers is not as strong at because he never really saw it for the monarchs so that would be my guess is that might be the one area in which he is behind zach at this point
0: my that final remarks on this game um to, to your guys' point, I, I understand the same thing, too, about having Pablo Ruiz play so high. I feel like the team kind of felt like they, they wanted to do that in this game and give him that opportunity because they did not have Matt Crooks available. I do feel that the team's plan is to eventually move Matt Crooks into that 10 spot and then have Pablo Ruiz and Brian Ojeda playing uh, with each other in that more defensive midfield role. Because, um, I mean, really, what Cody, you mentioned, up, mentioned Barajas, but are you really going to start him... It, Lights are bright in this game. I don't know if he's necessarily going to be the guy who starts this game. Anderson Julio guy you could start, but generally better coming off the bench. So I kind of feel like the team was like, well, we're not going to start Michael Chang over on the right. So, like, let's go ahead and throw this out. And it's like, I honestly, you're getting... Arguably the best players on the field, which I see their point in doing. Um, I I loved Emeka Nelly's play in this game. I thought he played pretty well. And Diego Luna, guys got an engine, never stops. I thought he played okay for RSL in this game as well. Um, there were a lot of players that didn't play so good, but those guys kind of stuck out to me. Finally, last thing I want to say, Justin Gladman. A brilliant play on the free kick. That ball is going in on that free kick from Messi. And if Glad's not there, that's that's 3-0 for Miami at the end of this game. And so Justin Glad with a goal-saving clearance uh, off of Messi's free kick. Bravo to him. Um, This was a very disjointed, rough performance from RSL. And it's a tough opponent in Miami as well. And so um, I expect the team to do better going forward.
2: Again, they did. I mean, you just look at the stats and you see 1-1 against St. Louis. And I feel like it's time to move into there anyways. Yep. And... A lot of these questions seem to have an answer. I think you're right, Ethan, that Matt Crooks probably is the guy who steps in at that number 10 position, and they slot Pablo Ruiz a little bit further back, and I think that is going to work. I am optimistic. I truly am, because I thought he came on and looked so smooth, and he was connecting balls in a way that we don't have right now in a connector like Pablo Ruiz, because he just plays the position a little bit differently. He's almost always looking for the killer ball, whereas Matt Crooks came in and was very happy to slot five, 10-yard passes, progressive passes that were moving forward, but were maybe not those line-breaking passes that Pablo Ruiz was so often trying to force. And I think that is exactly what we need, a sort of metronome in the middle to allow guys like Diego Luna on the left, or right rather, and Andres Gomez on whichever side he is going forward at guys with pace. And if those two can shine and he can just be the facilitator, I think that's an excellent lineup for us going forward. And so I leave this game super psyched because Chicho also looked a little bit cleaner. And uh, I don't know. I like a Meccanelli a lot in midfield. And I think I would take him over Brian Ojeda despite the $4 million price tag or whatever it ended up being. Maybe it wasn't that high. But I like a Meccanelli over Brian Ojeda. And I think moving him from right back to center mid Gives you the chance to go Anelli and Ruiz in
0: the middle. I'm just gonna like run that. down this game real quick. Uh 0-0 at halftime. Um notable things done for RSL with their lineup in this game. Bodhi Hidalgo starts at right back. You mentioned Alex Ameka Anelli in the defensive midfield spot alongside Brian Ojeda. Ruiz a little more advanced, got the same uh four up front uh for RSL in this one with Andrew Brody on the left side. Um, In the 63rd minute, Matt Crooks comes into the game, gets his RSL debut time for RSL, and then uh, 11 minutes later, just 11 minutes later, did not take him long, not wasting any time at all, gets the ball into Chicho Arango, Chicho scores, RSL goes up 1-0 in the 74th minute, but just 5 minutes later, very unfortunately, Brian Vera with really bad positioning, gives up a run to Samuel Adeneron, who just comes right by and gets a nice curled shot very close in the box past Zach McMath to tie this game at 1-1. And that is how this score would remain at 1-1. RSL gets a point on the road against St. Louis. The stats in this game, uh, relatively even, Uh, nine shots for St. Louis as opposed to 12 for RSL, three on target for each team. Both teams had a lot of opportunities. And Alex, you mentioned I do believe RSL looked a lot better in this game. Emeka Anelli is absolutely him. I still prefer him to start it right back. But what I've seen from the last two games, I think he can play anywhere on the field and do great. He was probably, this might be a hot take, but for me, he was the player of the game. Honestly, um, played very well at that spot. And I think the team in general played a little bit better. Andres Gomez really, really struggled in the first game against Inter-Miami. Grew into it a little bit. He did have some bad giveaways and some bad passes still in this one. But I thought he played significantly better. It gave me a lot of hope. And Chicho gets a goal. That's something you'll love to see as well. Uh, Matt Crook's coming in, something every RSL fan wants. And this guy's. I, I think he's going to be starting going forward. Barajas also gets his second game with minutes, coming in in, in the 86th minute in this one. Um, not much else for me, Cody. I'm going to give you some time to talk about it.
1: Yeah, I think, uh, first of all, I agree with you guys completely about Matt Crooks. The fact that he comes in and gets the assist in, in like a few minutes after coming out of the field was amazing. Um, and the link up play that he had with Diego Luna to get in the position to pass that ball to Chicho. And then the first touch from Chicho, I mean, the whole sequence that they pulled off to score that goal, they made it look so easy that it pulled so many questions into my head of like, where it where where is this every other time why wasn't this here in the Miami game why hasn't this been here in the first half like it pulled in a bunch of thoughts of like you guys just made this look so easy so that's the excitement that I get from seeing that is like I want to see that happen every single time uh, the link up play between Matt Matt Crooks and Diego Luna getting into Chicho something that I, I do want to call out though uh, is the fact that uh, Brian Ojeda uh, was actually listed as the man of the match within foot mob. And I didn't actually see that on the field when I was watching the game. It didn't feel like that to me. Watching Emeka Mecca play, I was blown away by how he plays with the ball. He does everything right in the moment you want him to do the right thing. His decision-making is incredible in the midfield and really throughout the entire field. He does a great job. Um, so I loved watching Emeka Mecca um, I think our defense looked a lot more cohesive this game. It looked like Justin Glad and Brian Vera knew where each other were at at times, and we were able to hold off quite a few attacking opportunities from St. Louis that just caused their attack to fizzle into nothing, really. Um, so I really liked seeing that. Um, again, I, I'm super encouraged by Matt Crooks. The, I think the physical ability he adds to this team, too. I mean, he's six foot four. He essentially replaces what Demir provided for this team in height. Um, And he comes into a position where he's an attacking midfielder. And so I think that size in the middle of the field is perfect. I think it's a great place to have him. So I I hope he continues to play in that position and get starting minutes there. Totally agree. The one
2: spot that I still have a question mark is Brian Vera. If you look at that goal, if he runs in a straight line right back to goal... He cuts off the angle entirely for Adeneron, but instead he charges directly with his shoulder and he just misses. I think he's trying to clean him out, trying to make really good contact, yep. and he's late. And as a left back, maybe you get away with that because your center back's there to clean it up. But as a center back, it was one v one, and as soon as he misses that, Adeneron's in. And so that one still for me is the one thing that stands out as probably the most glaring and important issue to solve is that left back or left center back spot next to Justin Glad, but he certainly seems to be the answer in the coaching staff's mind so i don't think it's going to change personnel wise so i think it just needs to come down to coaching and can he become more comfortable in that spot next to justin glad because if he can and you get andrew brody on the right and then you get katranas on the left and then you get a meccanelli in the middle with brian ruiz or pablo ruiz and brian ojeda splitting time
1: what do you, I love it. I want to ask you guys it. real quick, what, what were your thoughts on Andrew Brody, not just from this game, but the, from the first two games? Super boring and doesn't really do anything. I, I'm glad, <laughs> glad you brought that up, actually. Agreed. So he
0: made some. He made two pretty significant saves against St. Louis um, on the goal line. I did not like his performance against Miami. I thought he was pretty bad. Um, also had a viral shot, too, or a viral point where Messi just chipped the ball over him. Used him, him as great. a training uh, uh, Yeah. Yes, absolutely. But I thought he actually... I, this might be controversial. I think he played a little bit better in this game against St. Louis to the point where, like, I'm okay with him on the left. Um, but I think we do need to see what Katranas has. If Katranas provides something better than what Brody can give us, maybe he's the guy. If Oviedo can find his his way back into the lineup, maybe it's Oviedo. Um, I think it's a very equal fight there. Meccanelli, man, very – I mean – uh, yeah, he's great at defensive mid, but I think I think Ojeda's fine there with Pablo Ruiz. And I think McAnally may have just secured himself a starting spot at right back. And so I think it's a three-way battle between Oviedo, Katranas, and Brody at left back.
2: And the one thing I do want to say is that the club has hyped this, quote, new formation and new playing style very frequently in the offseason. And if, you're listen, if you listen to all the bleeding Claire and Cobalt, you'll know that Trey's explained that they want to have one... Wing back and Ethan's smiling and laughing. They want to have one wing back, quote, bombing forward whenever we're in possession. So it looks more like a 3 5 2. Come on. thats <laughs> I'm not saying it's a lie, but it looks fundamentally almost the exact same as it did last year. Yep, yep. So it doesn't seem to be a new thing. And maybe that's just the way that they're playing it. Maybe it's just their comfortability with this formation and these tactics. And it's just too slow to see any huge changes quite yet but it looks the exact same. So I think we should be expecting more from Andrew Brody in the attack because not much has changed. And if you're going to say that it has changed drastically, we need to see it. And I don't think we're seeing that right now with Andrew Brody. He's playing conservatively going forward and he certainly gets forward, but that was the case last year too. And so until he's actually making some of these uh, runs in and through the middle, I don't think there's much stock to be put in these drastic overhauling changes that have been- Portrayed.
1: I, I agree. Off season. To, to go yeah. back to kind of the reason that I originally brought it up is that I, Andrew Brody, to me, has not been enough in these two games. And I would love to see what Katranas Agreed. offers at that position. I actually really liked uh, Hidalgo, Bodhi Hidalgo, at right back in this game. And I thought some of his attacking opportunities were just a little bit better. I think him physically and his ability going forward physically is a little bit better than Brody. When I watched, every time I watched Brody uh, have an errant pass or a pass that went to the other team, it's just I, I just shook my head and seemed like I was doing that pretty frequently throughout these two games. So, my I think my biggest questions still lie, uh, lie in the the back line, uh, specifically with that left back position.
0: Yes, don't forget he saved a point for us. But shall we move on to our game preview, guys? I would love to. Ethan yep. Kershaw alright well RSL is going to play LAFC this is the first home game for RSL in the season at a pretty strange time it's 12pm noon um, March 2nd Saturday is when this game takes place at the Riot slash America First Field Um, should be a very interesting game LAFC comes into this game um, having beat Seattle already 2 to 1 I really like I, I like RSL and, like, the ability that they've had to be able to accumulate a little bit of, like, traction to be able to, like, look better against St. Louis, but I remember the last time we home opened against LAFC, it was uh, not good, and so I'm going to go ahead and say that we... I don't want to say we lose, because I want us to win, but I think we lose this game 3-1. to one.
2: Uh, I think we get thrashed. Dude, LA looked... They didn't look unbeatable against Seattle, but they looked so clean. Belonga's
0: still there, man.
2: Yeah, it's incredible. They just have an embarrassment of riches, and he's not even the guy that gets on the score sheet in that first game, if I'm yep. not
1: mistaken, yeah, right? Timothy
2: Tillman. and Yeah, Bogus. <laughs> is, that cool? yeah. yeah Bogus. Bogus. is that his name? Bogus? Yep. I didn't know how to pronounce that, so I didn't try. But his goal was awesome. And first of all, LAFC, what are we doing with these goals that aren't in the ground? They were like roll-up goals that had that little rinky-dink corner bar that ruined that goal thematically. That goal Alex, give us your score prediction that. man. Uh, Ethan you rush me because I'm trying to pontificate
1: so I don't have to tell you that I think <laughs> LAFC is going to win
2: 4-0 I go predict
1: to. a massacre Wowzers. I'm not going to go uh, that insano on this but uh, I think LAFC definitely is going to bring the heat in this game um, it, if there's going to be any chance for us to hang in it and to get some kind of points away I think it's going to be in the form of a draw I'm going to take the optimistic approach here. I don't know if I fully believe this, but I'm going to go with 2-2 draw at home.
0: Yeah, that's probably about as optimistic as I could get. So I could definitely see it. My one to watch in this game is going to be the same as the last game against St. Louis. It's going to be Andres Gomez because guess what? The team's not going to go away from him. He's there. He's, He's going to be starting games and he looked a little better against St. Louis. I need him to just keep looking better to the point where he gets goals and assists. He needs to get on that score sheet for his confidence because we've seen guys like Rubio Rubin who have played well with their national team like Andres Gomez had Gomez had, but then has come over to RSL and not played great. Their confidence has been low. Can't get the ball into the back of the net. He needs to see the ball in the back of the net. And so Andres Gomez will be my one to watch until he scores a goal. I love that. I
2: love that. Mine's Matt Crooks, baby. I'm all on the hype train. Middlesbrough fans miss him dearly, and I think I can see why. He's just smooth, dude. Everything he d- He's got those dead eyes, and everything just looks like preordained when he's out there, and
1: I love it. Matt Crooks, my one to watch. I love that pick. Matt Crooks does seem like he's going to be a smooth operator on the pitch. Um, I think if I had to pick a, a, <laughs> a one to watch here, mine's going to be Diego Luna. Um, I think through the first couple games, he's been pretty quiet Uh, almost invisible at times on the field. I do think he's going to start again this game. However, I would really love to see him take that role that Pablo Ruiz has been and and see Pablo Ruiz drop back a little bit deeper. I don't know who that leaves you on the outside if you want to put Matt Crooks out there, which is kind of where he played when he subbed in, just on the other side. Um, But I I would love to see Diego Luna get involved with an assist or or a goal in this game.
0: All right, well... Great picks, guys. Hopefully RSL can do better than what we've predicted in this game this weekend. Don't want to miss it. Make sure to catch the game. It's at noon, not a night game. So make sure you're uh, you're watching at noon uh, this Saturday against LAFC. Anything to leave on the pod
1: before we uh, exit on out of here? go skyline eagles apparently Apparently. as of today (laughs) (laughs) i i'm just super excited for the season to be back underway it's really fun to watch things unfold and i do feel optimistic about where we can take this season
0: all right well thank you all very much for listening to the episode in the podcast today we appreciate your time if you haven't already, don't forget to follow RSL Season Pass at RSL Season Pass on Twitter. You can find Alex at Alex Maurer. You can find Cody at the Kodiak1, and you can find me at Ethan EthanKershaw9. Also, all of our episodes are at, yes, you know it, you remember it, www.rslseasonpass.com, because I drill yeah. it into your brain every single episode twice, I might add. Um, also, thank you to everybody who has left a rating and or review. Go ahead and drop a pod trivia question into the database while you're over there to help us on out. Once again, thank you all to everybody who has listened, supported this podcast in any way, shape, or form. We very much appreciate you, and we will talk to you all next time. See ya. Thank you for listening to another episode of RSL Season Pass. If you enjoyed the show, please rate and review wherever you download your podcasts. If you didn't enjoy the show, uh, please keep that to yourself. Be sure to check back next week for a new episode. Same time, same place.